Welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast, where we help you establish yourself in the perfect micro niche so you will get noticed and grow your business faster. And now your host, he has three kids and goes on a fun day with them at least once a week, Zeev Raviv. Hello and welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast. I'm excited to have Adrian Savage today and for two main reasons. Adrian, he is an expert on the topic of deliverability. And this is something that we all care about in email marketing land. The, the million dollar question, which is how to avoid the spam folder and double your open rates and all of the good stuff that you, Adrian, teach. But also, I'm excited to talk with you because... Just exactly like uh, we preach in this podcast, you chose a micro niche. You chose to just like solve one problem and do it very, very, very in very, very specific way. And as a result, you have the grown business. So hello, Adrian Savage. Tell me, first of all, a little bit about your journey. Hi, Ziv. And thank you so much for inviting me. So it's been an interesting journey because I've been a, a computer geek since I was seven years old. My dad brought home an Apple II computer and I ended up reading the manual and teaching him how to use it. So I've been a geek ever since then, really. I went to school, learned all about IT, did the traditional corporate job for many, many years, IT, telecoms, that kind of thing. But then I escaped about 10 years ago, learned all about entrepreneurship and marketing, coupled that with my technology background. And suddenly getting into the whole world of marketing and marketing automation, online marketing became a no-brainer. So for many years, I was a fairly, you know, I was a very generic Infusionsoft consultant, worked with other marketing platforms. But I found that a lot of clients all had the same problem. They were finding that some of their emails were going to the spam folder. And in some cases, they weren't actually getting through at all. And I did lose a few clients the hard way to start with, because at that point, I still hadn't learned enough around what was important. But I seem to start finding little ways, little tricks of getting emails through when other people couldn't. And it's about seven, six or seven years ago now, I wrote some software to actually reroute emails from marketing platforms via third party thing, you know, things like Amazon SES and, and other systems like that. Because at that point, if the email didn't come from a marketing platform, it was more likely to reach the inbox. Unfortunately, the world has changed since then. It's not just about where you send your emails from anymore. But that was the start of my exposure to the whole world of deliverability. And I ignored so many obvious messages from the universe over the years that this was the thing that I should focus on. I kept trying to do the whole general thing. But luckily, a bit over two years ago, there was a really big storm in the Infusionsoft world because suddenly lots of emails were going to spam because Yahoo changed the rules, Microsoft changed the rules, Google tightened their rules up. And I was perfectly placed because by then I'd written more software that was, that was looking at how you manage various things that impact deliverability. And I was able to explain to people, this is why your emails aren't getting through. This is what you need to do. And suddenly I realized that people need to know this stuff. And ever since then, that's what I've focused on. So it's reached the point now where all I do is email deliverability. And exactly like you said, this is pretty much it's a niche within a niche or maybe even a niche within a niche within a niche. Because there are very few people that have the same breadth and depth of knowledge that I've developed over the years. So there's not much competition. There's a very high demand for that level of specialism with the right kind of audience. 
So it's just worked really well. And also, I'm particularly lucky because this is something that, as well as something that I've actually learned to be good at, I also really enjoy it. I love helping people and get helping other people be heard more. Because let's face it, if we're using email, we've got an audience, we want to share our message with the audience, we want to be heard more. So, you know, deliverability is probably one of the most important things there because it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, Ziv, you run an amazing company that provides email copy for people. And I've got firsthand experience of how good that copy is now. It's really good. But it doesn't matter how good the copy is. If people aren't seeing those emails, then it doesn't matter if you're paying a million dollars for the best copywriter in the world if your emails aren't being seen. So deliverability is really, really important. So many people don't realize that they're just unknowingly hurting their reputation and they're unknowingly continuing to do things that are making it less likely that people will see their emails. So what I'm really passionate about now is sharing that message so that as many people as possible can understand how you can be heard more by your audience, how you can avoid that horrible spam folder, how you can avoid the promotions tab. And if you do everything that we talk about and some of the things we'll share today, you can absolutely double your open rates and that will make a huge difference. I mean, this is all great stuff and really important indeed because email marketing is a, such a powerful way to grow your business to people make decisions about the money decisions. Uh, when they re- receive emails, they check it the first thing that they, when they wake up. And if you are a marketer, a business owner, and people are ignoring your emails, that is really frustrating and actually costs you money. So it's worthwhile to find ways to work on that. But it is when you're going to give us some tips, some of them are just like do's and don't do's. And some of them are more in the level of like, here's how you manage the situation, right? Here's how you, you make sure that you minimize the future risk as well. But let's start with some quick wins. Uh, let's give our listeners some quick wins and uh, some tips from your uh, brilliant mind and experience in this. Okay. So the first thing to bear in mind is there are four key areas that impact on whether you're going to hit the inbox or the spam folder. And that's what I've used to create what I call the race method. And race spells out four things. It's R for reputation, A for authentication, C for content, E for engagement. And I'll just very quickly touch on each of those. And then I'll pick out a couple of quick wins. Because first off, reputation. Reputation is everything. You know, there are three email giants out there now. Google dominate the world. They run more than half of the email boxes that you are likely to be sending to if you've got a fairly typical audience. Microsoft, another 10 to 15%. Yahoo, another 10%. So they can make up maybe three quarters or more of your audience. You have to play by their rules. And all of these big mailbox providers, they keep a little dossier of what they think of your reputation based on how many emails you get opened, based on how many spam complaints you receive, based on whether you're doing crazy things. So if you're buying an email list and sending it out to people that haven't given you permission and you get lots of spam complaints, then guess what? Your reputation is going to take a hit. If you're sending emails out to people that don't want to hear from you and you get a 5% open rate, guess what? Your reputation is going to take a hit. So everything you do can make an impact on your reputation. So we're going to talk about these other things in a moment. But reputation is everything. If you get a bad reputation with Google, I have seen clients where you can actually check your reputation with Google. There's something called Postmaster Tools. And their reputation went from high to medium to low to bad. And bad is the rock bottom. If you have a bad reputation with Google, you will probably get about a 0.25% open rate. Nobody will see your emails. They will all be going to spam. So really important to make sure that you protect your reputation. 
You know, make, particularly make sure that you're not sending out emails to spam traps, which means that you have to make sure that you're keeping your list clean. You're only sending to people that are opening because all of these things, they can either hurt your reputation with the mailbox providers or worse, you can end up on a public block list, something like Spam House or Sorbs or one of these other ones, because they're looking out for people who are behaving badly. If they see bad behavior, any kind of spammy sending or sending without permission, that kind of thing, you're going to end up on a block list. So you've got to be really, really careful. Manage your reputation. And uh, by the way, you mentioned uh, a tool by Google, which is postmaster.google.com, where people can actually test for free their reputation, which is really, really cool to know. Yeah, very much so. Worth keeping an eye on that for sure. And then let's talk about authentication, because this is a one-off thing that if you haven't set up your authentication already, this is the first quick win that you absolutely must do. It's a one-off thing. Because what we have to do is we tell the world who we trust to send our emails and we make sure that we're signing our emails. So we'll talk about the two most important methods. The first one is called DKIM. So it stands for Domain Keys Identified Mail. And this is something you have to set up on every single platform you use to send email. So if you're using G Suite or Microsoft 365, you need to set it up in there. If you're using MailChimp or HubSpot or Infusionsoft or ActiveCampaign, whatever you're using, you have to set it up in that platform as well. And maybe if you have a help desk system, maybe in there as well. And you'll look for a setting that will say something like email authentication, or maybe it will mention DKIM. And you go in and you set that up, and it's a one-off thing to do. And once you set it up, every single email you send from that platform will then contain a digital signature that only you can use And it proves to the world that the emails coming from your domain are legitimate. They came from you. Because a spammer can actually pretend to send emails from your domain as well. But because they don't have access to your DNS server, they can't set up the signatures. Only you can do that. So by setting up DKIM and signing every mail you send, then you're demonstrating to the Googles and the Microsofts and the Yahoos of this world that you're a legitimate sender and the emails that you're sending really did come from you. And that is the one most important thing that you need to do before you then go and set up the second authentication, which is called SPF, which stands for Sender Policy Framework. Now, this one, you have to be a little bit more careful because if you get this one wrong, you can end up unwittingly sending more of your emails to spam. Because SPF is just a record that you publish in your domain using your DNS server, but it's telling the world which servers you trust to send your emails. So you might list G Suite in there, you might list Infusionsoft, you might list Zendesk or something like that. Whatever platforms you're doing, you only have one SPF record. If you have two, that's as bad as having none at all. And if you have a mistake in that record, some kind of syntax record error, then you're going to find that your emails don't necessarily get through. So you need to make sure you know what you're doing or get an expert to do it for you because SPF is really, really important. There's ways that you can check it online. Um, there's a tool called MX Toolbox that will tell you whether or not your SPF record has got any errors in it. But what they won't tell you is they won't tell you if you've forgotten to list one of your email platforms. Only you know what needs to be in there. So you need to be very careful with that. But if you set up DKIM and set up SPF, then that is going to massively boost your chances of getting into the inbox. And it's a one-off thing that you do The only time you come back to authentication is if you change your email platform at some point. So that's the really, really important thing. The third part of authentication is called DMARC. Less important, it's still worth doing if you've got the time and resources to do it. But the main purpose of DMARC is to prevent yourself getting spoofed by other people because it tells the world what to do when authentication fails. 
But DMARC, you do have to be careful because if you get that wrong, then you will absolutely end up in spam pretty much 100% of the time. So DKIM is most important, followed by SPF. DMARC is the third one. But that's all we need to worry about on the authentication front. Let me just uh, share this. In one of my businesses, I run six micro-niches businesses. And in one of them, back when I started with daily emails, I didn't know. I didn't know about SPF and DKIM. I didn't know about how MailChimp calls it uh, authenticate and validate uh, your domain. And as a result, I started sending daily emails without these two fields. And I started to notice how the open rates are going down and down and up to the point where it became like something around zero open. Literally no one was, was getting the email. And I started to look online and found out these parameters and fixed them. But it took a good two months until OpenRed started to get back to being uh, manageable. And it was obviously very frustrating because in those two months, I've lost a major channel of communication. Since then, I like to explain about uh, Dikim and SPF. They're kind of like you wouldn't travel between airports in, in different countries without wearing your passport with you, having your passport with you and with the right signature on it that it's like up to date. And that's the same way with emails. You can't send them all over the world through all of these uh, Gmail and Yahoo servers without giving them those proper documentation of, of DKIM and SPF. And if, you, if this is scary for you listening right now, there are people out there to help you, starting with potentially the hosting company that you work with or the support teams of Microsoft or Google, if you're using something like that, or experts like Adrian that know how to like just bring you directly to the end results of a valid operational authentication situation. So what's the next thing? I'm excited. What's, what's Okay, next? so the next one is content. So we've done reputation, we've done authentication. So the C in race is content. This is something that I could spend about three days talking about, and I've got about three minutes. So I'm going to focus on the four most important things very briefly, because um, there's another acronym that will help you rem- remember. And this is an old English name of a gentleman called Wilf. And Wilf stands for words, images, links, and frequency. So the words, it kind of makes sense. If it looks like spam and if it sounds like spam, then Google are going to treat it as spam. People try and game the system. They try and hide words like free And maybe in the old days you could do that, but the best advice I can give now is be authentic. Make it sound like a personal email you're sending to someone. Don't try and make it sound what it isn't. Don't have a wolf in sheep's clothing. Make it be genuine, authentic. Lead with content. Get an offer in there if it's appropriate. But the words really matter. But also the images and the links make a huge difference because if you've got more than two or three images and more than two or three links, you are much more likely to end up in the promotions tab in Google. So minimize those images. If you've got a great big graphic at the top of your email, stop and take it away right now. And here's why. When you're sending an email, you want it to look like it's come from you personally. If you're sending an email from your phone or from your Outlook or G Suite or whatever, do you have a great big image at the top or do you just start with Dear Ziv? I know what I do. And you want to make sure your emails are looking like they're personal. So put the image somewhere in the middle to reinforce the message. And for the love of all things sacred, if you've got all those social media icons at the bottom of your email and signature with links, please take them out right now. Because firstly, the purpose of your email is to get someone to follow a call to action, not to distract them, send them off to Facebook or YouTube where you'll lose them forever. And secondly, 
By having all those extra links, then you're going more likely to be in the promotions tab. And also, quite often, those social media platforms end up on block lists as well. And if any domain or link that you've got in an email is on a block list, even for a short term, that means your email will go into spam as well. So make sure you minimize the images, minimize the number of links, because even the unsubscribe link counts as one link. And just try and minimize that as much as possible. And that's going to make a big difference. And then the final quick one is frequency of emails. I mean, the more content you can share, the better. You know, this is why I love sending out daily emails, because people get into the habit of reading your emails. You can add lots of value. You can occasionally make offers, but people realize that you're there to communicate with them, to educate them, to entertain them, to give them learnings. And then when the time is right, make the offer. And because they're in the habit of receiving your emails, they will be open to those offers. So content really, really matters. And there's some big mistakes you can make. You might not personalize your email. You might have bad subject lines. You know, in general, the shorter and more succinct and the more curiosity driven, the better. Sometimes that preview text that you put in, in that can make a big difference as well. But people still make this mistake of writing a whole sales page in an email. They write about 27 pages in an email. The shorter, the better. The purpose of the email is to get people to read, engage, and then maybe click a link, find out more if they're interested. And don't put too many exclamation marks and other crazy punctuation in there because, again, that's not what you would normally do. It's got to sound as normal as possible. Content can make a huge difference, but those are just a few of the little things that that will help, hopefully. Anything to throw in on that one, Ziv? I'm sure you've got thoughts about frequency in particular. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to ask. Uh, so, like, what some I see sometimes people that are very afraid of sending the daily email, and there's nothing wrong with sending a newsletter once a week or two to three emails a week. There's great business results to be had from doing that. But uh, what's your point? What's your prof- I know you you believe in sending more emails, but what is your professional input about that? So I've done a lot of tests around frequency. And let's start with the assumption that you're going to be sending the emails to the people that want to receive them. I'll talk about more about engagement in a second. But assuming you're doing that, when I was sending emails less frequently um, to my engaged audience, I was getting a 40 to 50% open rate. When I switched to sending emails every single day, yes, it did drop because no one's going to open every single email. Although that's actually not true because about 10% of my audience amazed me by opening every single email I've ever sent. But what I found was that over the month of February, when I sent 28 emails, one every single day, then my open rate dropped from 40 something percent to maybe 35%. But the interesting thing was by the end of that month, more than 75% of my audience had opened one or more email from me. So just by sending an email every single day, I reached three quarters of my audience. If I was sending one email a week, it would have taken me maybe three or four months to reach that number of people. So it is interesting because it's not the same 30-odd percent that open every time. The more frequently you send, the better. And let's face it, if they don't like you, they're going to unsubscribe because they will get tired of those emails. And that's a good thing because we don't want to send emails to people that don't like us. Frequency is great because they will either love you or they will not particularly like you. And I would rather they vote with their feet and go away so I don't waste time and money sending emails to people that don't want to don't want my help. This uh, raises uh, another topic that I want to touch br- briefly. And this is the topic of how, what do you feel when people unsubscribe from your list? I see it as very, very positive because, you know, we're going to talk about engagement in a minute. We don't want to send emails to people that aren't interested. And if we can get someone to unsubscribe, that saves us the trouble of having to remove them from our list ourselves when we realize they're not interested. 
it's very similar to sales. The first rule of sales is that a yes is great, but a no is also great because it means that we can stop wasting their time, stop wasting our time. So if someone unsubscribes, that's a good thing. They weren't going to buy your stuff anyway. And I would much rather lose people from the list because they actively don't want to receive the information rather than through apathy. Because that's one thing that Google hates more than anything else is people ignoring you. They will start to penalize you massively, as we'll talk about in a second. But that's my thoughts. The more, the more unsubscribes, the better, as long as, and this is the, the caveat, your list is always going to shrink because either people will decide they don't like you or they will, they will maybe just lose interest or, or whatever. And you've got to expect your audience to decrease by about 10% a month as much as that. So it means it's really important that you are always out there adding to your list and creating new leads as much as possible. And one of the big mistakes I see people make is they're not doing that. The more people you can get onto your list who are matching the type of person you're looking for, the more healthy your email audience is going to become. Because otherwise, you'll find that you lose more people than you gain. So lead generation is absolutely vital. Sweet. Love it. Uh, let's talk about engagement. Okay, so this is the second quick win, but it's a bit of a challenge if you want to take advantage of this, because in many cases, you have got to change the entire way you think about your email audience, because the old-fashioned way of marketing was you built the biggest email list you could, and then you mail the hell out of it until they either buy, they die, or they unsubscribe. And this is the biggest rule that Google in particular have changed now. Google will now penalize you if you continue to send emails to people that are ignoring you. Because the more that they ignore you, then the worse your reputation is going to get. And if your reputation goes down, then guess what? It's less likely that your emails are going to go into the inbox. So what that means is we have to become very aware of the people that are opening our emails. They are the ones that we want to focus on. And if they're not opening your emails, then sooner rather than later, you would have watched the Disney Frozen movie, listen to the song and let it go because you do not want people on your list who aren't interested. For every, you know, a lot of people, the biggest objection that I have when I suggest to people that they've got to let people go from their list is that I've spent a lot of money building this list and maybe in another six months, they might buy something. And I've got to be honest and say that, yes, if we just look at the people that haven't opened anything for three months or longer, if you send an email to those people, then you will typically get a 1% or 2% open rate from the people because sometimes they do wake back up. But it is so rare that the price you pay for getting that low open rate to that part of your audience is that your reputation is getting hurt and the engaged people on your list will no longer be receiving those emails in their inbox because your reputation has been hurt. So you might get another 1% or 2% of email opens to these people that haven't opened for ages. But the cost you'll pay is that your engaged people, maybe 10% or more of those, will stop seeing your emails. And you really want to lose 10% of your good, really warm people just because you might get 1% of the cold people. So that's what you've got to bear in mind here. You've got to look, ideally, for the people that have opened something in the last 30 days those are the ones that you should send an email as frequently as possible to, ideally every single day. And then when they reach 30 days and they haven't opened anything for the last month, maybe you'll still mail those for a while, but it's pointless sending something every day because they haven't been opening anything. And you know, remember, Einstein's definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Then you know, if they're not opening emails, mail them less frequently, maybe once a week between 30 and 90 days of unengagement. 
because they might still wake back up. But when they get to 90 days, it's time to stop completely. Maybe send them a re-engagement campaign that's maybe one, two, maybe three emails designed to just wake them back up and give them the last chance. If they don't respond to those re-engagement emails that you send out after they've ignored you for 90 days, the best thing to do if they're not a past customer or someone who you know is high value is to unsubscribe them. If they reach 90 days and they haven't opened anything, stop mailing them. It's a massive, massive mindset change. If you're used to having a really big list, you've got to focus much more on quality rather than quantity. Because if you do that, then you'll find that your open rate starts to really increase. Because what we're doing pretty much is we're sending fewer emails, but we're sending them to the people that are more likely to open. And you'll typically find that maybe if you were getting a 20% open rate before, it could be as much as 40% because the same people will open as were opening before. You're just having to send fewer emails to get that result. And then in return for that, because your open rate is higher, then the Googles and Microsofts of this world will think that you're sending out high quality emails. Your reputation will improve. And then what I call the virtuous circle comes off where because your reputation is better, then the people that aren't opening your emails, they're more likely to see them land in the inbox so they might see them. And also, really crucially, if you're doing any kind of paid-for advertising to build your email list, you'll find that the new contacts that you're paying for become much more likely to engage with you. And this is the real game-changer. If you're spending thousands of dollars a month on Facebook ads or something like that, if you're not managing your engagement, you risk losing as much as half of your audience because your reputation isn't good enough for the emails that you follow up with to get to them. If you fix your engagement management and get really, really passionate about only mailing the right people, you'll find that you could get as much as 80% of your new leads engaging with you. And that can double the return on investment you make in any kind of paid for ads. And even if you're not paying for ads, then you know, you are still investing a lot of time growing your email list. So whatever happens, getting that engagement as high as possible means that your new people that join the list are going to be so much more likely to engage with you and you'll get a much better return. And if you can manage that, and this is something that you have to change your mindset and do forever more, then that will be transformational. That will make a huge difference to your email marketing. Wow, that's a lot to take in, but it is a mindset shift because you are now going to let go of people that are unengaged. And there is like the Adrian just uh, painted a, a journey where you will basically monitor them at some point, move them into a weekly uh, segment, right? And then uh, after uh, about 90 days, you will even remove them if they're not strategic, uh, like Absolutely. customer or something. And that cleanup will immediately improve your reputation with those servers because more people are opening your emails and are engaging. So before we go into understanding what is your software doing and how does that help us save time and make decisions, I want to ask about the topic of reply replies. Like, yep. uh, is that something we we want to engage? We want to like really focus on to try to get people to reply, or is it good enough if they click in our emails? And also, if you can touch about the topic of email warm up, there are services out there that. A claim that they can warm up your email address if it's brand new. What is your uh, input about that? Okay, so replies first off. Replies are the, one of the best signs of engagement there is. The only, you know, it's always worth encouraging your audience to reply to you as long as you or a team member can then respond and engage with that reply. There's nothing worse than asking for replies and they then ignore you. That's the worst possible thing that can happen because then you're hurting your reputation rather than helping it. 
But in general, replies are really, really good from that perspective. Getting people to open or click, you know, that's the main thing. But if you can get them to reply, that's a much better sign of engagement. The other thing to do as well to help there, and this is an education thing, is the one of the worst things you can do is your email land in the spam folder and they don't rescue it. So when someone signs up to your list for the first time, you should always get them to go and check the spam folder. And if it's in there, it's crucial that they rescue the email from the spam folder at that point rather than just leave it there because that will make the biggest difference. And if your first email goes to spam and they don't rescue it, all the rest of them will probably go there as well. So a little bit of education there. Now, in terms of warming up email addresses, I'm I'm a little bit old school with this because, yes, there's there's companies out there that will do this. But the thing is, it's not real people. And it is kind of, in most cases, what they will do is they, they will send it to a kind of a tame list of people that either people that are opening the emails or they will automatically be opening them and simulating an audience. And it will probably make a, a difference. But bearing in mind that in most cases, as long as you're sending out high quality emails anyway, then if you just organically grow your audience and the mailbox providers will treat you fairly leniently to start with. So if you're growing a list and you're just adding to it a bit at a time, as long as it's good content and good quality from the word go, then you will have a good reputation. You don't necessarily need to artificially boost that because they don't expect people to suddenly have 5,000 engaged people overnight. I think the challenge is if you're going to be migrating an audience from one domain to another, then maybe there's some kind of warm-up you need. But in fairness, when I switched, I changed from my old We Deliver domain to Deliverability Dashboard. And when I changed my domain over, I found that because I'd warned people that I was going to change in advance, I said, look out for these new emails, look out for this address. And I found that I didn't get much of a drop. So I'm sure there are times when having that the warm-up service matters. And I don't think it hurts things, but I think in many cases, you can achieve results yourself just by by being sensible about it. Because at the end of the day, you know, anything out there that's designed to game the system, let's let's be honest here. Google have invested millions, if not billions, in artificial intelligence. And they can tell when you're trying to game the system. I've known people switch domains to try and get away from their bad Google reputation. And Google always catch up with them. They they take the reputation of the new domain down as well. So I would say it's much better just to do things the right way, let it take a little bit longer because let's face it, in the world of business, there are no shortcuts. There are no, you know, anything that sounds too good to be true normally is. So get the balance right. But sometimes it might be worth it. I won't completely say don't because there's always exceptions to every rule. But if you can actually just build your own audience, your own domain and warm up that address organically, I think that's a better way. Sweet. That sounds like a really responsible answer. And thank you for that. Tell me a little bit about the deliverability dashboard that you've developed and that many, many people use it. We, in Daily Cookie, we use it and, and it gives us insights about who to email in what way. There's like an entire tagging mechanism inside. So uh, give us a little bit about information about what is it that you do. Sure. So, you know, as we said, engagement is one of the most important things. And there's no email platform out there yet that allows you to really get a handle on how well you're managing your engagement at the big picture level. And that's why I created the email health check, which is the main part of Deliverability Dashboard, because it will tell you very simply how well you're managing your engagement and how you can improve things, because it looks at how your new contacts are engaging. It looks at how the behavior of your audience is changing over the last 30 days, the last 90 days, the last year. And based on that, it gives you a very simple score where zero is really bad, 100 is really good. And you can understand that. It's a bit like a credit score or something like that. You just want to get it as high as possible. And if you've got a low score, then it can give you tips as how to improve that. 
And it's mainly by saying you need to manage your engagement better. And then obviously, if you then want to actually have more hands-on help doing that, then Deliverability Defender, which is another part of the dashboard, that's got this tagging mechanism that will help you identify all the contacts that engage within a certain time frame. And then it will, you know, it will show you, here are the people you need to mail more frequently. Here are the people you need to mail less frequently. And the tags make it super easy to do that because you don't have to run lots of manual reports and set things up inside your email platform. And you know, the whole dashboard, it works with a lot of platforms already. It's working with Active Campaign, Campaign Monitor, Constant Contact, HubSpot, Infusionsoft, Keep, MailChimp, SendinBlue. And we're adding new platforms all the time. We've got Aweber coming. We have got uh, GetResponse coming. MailerLite is coming. We're hoping for Entreport. We're just doing a bit of research into that at the moment. So the idea is we're going to support as many platforms as possible. So it doesn't matter which email platform you use, then you'll be able to just get a an independent view of how well you're managing things. And if you need a little help behind that, then the, the paid for Defender software can help with that as well. But the health check itself is totally free. It's just emailhealthcheck.net and you can just sign up and then you connect your platform up then and it just monitors what your sending behavior has been like, gives you a report based on that. Sweet. Tell us again, where can we find the, the free? So the health check for that is just emailhealthcheck.net. And uh, already just by going there, this will give you an indication about your engagement. That is really important. And with the Defender add-on that uh, is affordably priced, you can actually get to the point where all of this logic that we talked about, the mindset shift of who do you send emails daily or multiple times a week? Who do you send weekly or like a few times a month? And who do you basically go into re-engagement campaign just to try to save the day with them with like a sequence of three emails or more? then all the decision-making is done for you. All of the tags is done for you. You literally go into the situation where you can just have that tag and it's so super simple to use, to rerun and to do some, so to make some open rate magic in your uh, email list, in your CRM. Adrian, this has been so important to learn about this. And I want to ask you, where can people learn more about you or connect with you or uh, follow what you do? Right. Well, firstly, thanks so much for inviting me to present this. I've really enjoyed it. So first off, I've got a summary of everything I've talked about as well in the race method checklist. And you can get that from deliverabilitydashboard.com forward slash checklist. So that's where you can just download. It's, a, it's a, a brief PDF that's got the most important parts of the race method. And you're also welcome to connect with me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Adrian Savage. And I'll always do my best to answer questions that come in or at least point people in the right direction because, as I've said, I'm really, really keen to share this message as widely as I can. So if I can help in any way, always please get in touch. Let me know. And instead of wasting so much money into paid advertisement where you don't always have real control over what are you buying and how much is each of these clicks or whatnot, spend some into understanding your deliverability situation with your email. You're going to make a huge difference in your overall if you do that. And Adrian can help you starting with uh, his free tools. We'll put all of the links, including all of uh, the checklist in the show notes. Thank you again, Adrian, for being here. And thank you everyone for listening to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast. This show was brought to you by dailycookie.co, where you can finally feel supported. Daily email love, now delegatable. Visit dailycookie.co for a collection of free resources on how to use copywriting and daily emails to grow your micro-niche business today.